0: Are you ready for another episode of Mike Gazzola's Real Estate Investing That Works? Making money in real estate has never been easier. To get started now, go to teachmemike.com.
1: You are listening to Real Estate Investing That Works with Mike Gazzola. I'm Kerry Lutz. This is episode 14. And Mike, you just made a heck of a deal in Buffalo, New York. Don't let anybody tell you that Buffalo is dead. It might be snowbound. Actually, it's not that snowbound because Lake Erie froze. They love it when the lake freezes (laughs) because that that means they're not going to get too much snow. And, uh, well, they dug out from the Halloween snowstorms and uh, just in time for you to make a phenomenal deal and help further fund your kids' educational fund. That's right. So, you
0: know, at the last auction I attended, the last in-person auction I attended, there was over 3,000 properties being auctioned over a three-day period. There was only about 500 investors in the room. So do the math. You know, I was able to purchase a house on the west side of Buffalo. All in, I'm in it for under $20,000. And it's a five-bedroom, three-bathroom house. And, you know, the rent might seem low. It's $850 a month. But remember, that's on less than $20,000 invested. So if you take 850 a month times that by 12 months... That's ten thousand two hundred dollars. My taxes, you know, insurance, everything is slightly less than two thousand a month. So I mean, two thousand a year. I'm sorry. So that's over eight thousand dollars a year net profit based on an, uh, less than twenty thousand dollars invested. I mean, that's a tremendous return. And you know what? The great thing is, those funds go right back into my children's education account, tax free. So meaning that eight hundred and fifty dollars a month goes right into their education account on top of the over $2,000 a month they're already collecting. And that now puts them at around $3,000 a month, but it doesn't end there. I actually got a duplex. There's more. There's more. (laughs) I got a duplex at the same (laughs) auction, a tremendous duplex worth about $70,000. I paid 30 for it and it's already rented, meaning it needs no remodel. Both units are already rented. It's generating over a thousand dollars a month rental income. And going to put my kids at the $4,000 a month mark. Now remember, their education is about $600 a month for private schools right now. So that means every single month, if you take the $4,000 a month they're generating, Let's say twelve hundred dollars a month goes towards their education. That means they're positive twenty eight hundred dollars a month right now. My kids are four and seven. They're gonna be generating for a minimum of ten years more rental income. I'll take that rental income, invest it in more properties. My kids will be debt-free when they're in college. But it's not just my kids doing this, my students' kids are doing this. This is what I love showing people how to do is it's a different way of investing. I mean, you can invest for your retirement, you can invest to supplement your income. Income. You can invest just to buy and hold houses, but you can also invest. And you know, I started each of their education account with two thousand dollars each. They split a property that cost them less than four thousand. They moved up from there to the next deal, to the next deal, to the next deal, to the point now where they own four properties free and clear. They own a four-unit, a two-unit, two, two single-family houses, a house in Florida. They own all these properties just based on the very first investment, and that's how. They've got to four thousand dollars a month in positive cash flow.
1: Well, pretty soon, Mike, you'll be ready to start funding their retirements.
0: That's right. You know, you know. Now I'm thinking my kids should start a retirement account. You know, my my four year old daughter, she's going to have to retire at some point. Might as well start now. She can start doing some modeling. You know, with my properties. You know, I can use her in my marketing materials. She could generate an income. She can open an IRA account, and she could start investing in real estate in her IRA account as well.
1: Yeah, well, it's never too young to retire. That's what I say. <laughs>
0: that's, that's right. I mean, it doesn't matter how old you are. There's no, you could start investing in real estate now. I don't care if you're 85 years old. You can start investing right now today. I don't care if you're 15 years old. I don't care if you're four years old. If your parents help you, you can start investing in real estate now. And that's why I teach all these different methods of investing in real estate, because there's so many ways to go about making an income. And I don't care what your start is. You could start with a minimal amount of money. But the key is getting started.
1: Hey, Going back to the Buffalo property, Mike, and your general philosophy, self-management. So many people say, well, why should I give him 8 or 10%? I can do it myself. Bad idea, isn't it?
0: It's absolutely a bad idea. I mean, even if the property was next door to my own personal residence, I wouldn't want to manage it. You know, for the cost of management, which like you said, it's 8 to 10%. I don't want to take those phone calls. I don't want to worry about collecting. Rent. You know, my philosophy is to rent the property under market value. So this way I don't get a lot of move outs, I don't get a lot of turnover. But at the same time, you're better off, in my opinion, to let professionals, you know, these are professional property managers. That's all they do. They find you the tenants, they rent them out, they collect the rental income. And you know what? There's a couple properties where the tenants have lived there several years where they just mail me the rent money each month. But any new property I buy, I absolutely want to property manager to manage that property for me, collect the rents, just send me the net, take out your small percentage, you know, and just send me the net rental income each month. If you own 20 properties, you don't want 20 different tenants you're dealing with. Even if you own one property or two properties, let the professionals handle it. There's no money to be made in management unless you're managing hundreds of units. So stick with the professionals, pay them their small amount of money, and everybody wins.
1: So no tenants and toilets.
0: That's right. Yeah, no tenants, no toilets, no worrying about, uh, you know, I got to send the landscaper out there. No, you know, most of my single family houses, I work it into the lease that they got to worry about. The lawn maintenance themselves. Multifamilies, apartment complexes, you know, you're going to make such a higher rate of return that I personally like to just send out a landscaper, you know, let the management company send them out. You know, one of the four unit properties that I own, I don't even know any of the tenants. You know, for years, they've just been paying the rents. I don't even know one of their names. All I know is I get a check every single month. But for me to try and worry about managing that place, it wouldn't be good use of my time for the small amount of money. would save
1: yeah makes makes a lot of sense i always believe leave it to the professionals my father god rest his soul owned some property in new jersey uh in a not so great area in union county you would know where it is and made the big mistake on four four family houses as we called it up north managed it himself he was a terrible property manager big mistake and caused him untold untold aggravation And I learned from that, don't manage the property yourself, whether it's one unit or 150, there are people for that.
0: Correct, you know, because what happens a lot of times too, when you're managing the property yourself, you know, personal feelings start to come into play. You know, and you know what? Some people will take advantage of you. You know, they, they see your kindness as weakness and they say, oh, well, I was three weeks late this month. You know, he didn't kick me out. I gave him the sad story. Now next month, they're gonna be even later. They're gonna be, you know, people start to expect that grace. And you know what? A lot of us have big hearts. You know, it's, it's kind of hard to hard some people sometimes. You know, you say, you know what, let me cut him a break. You know, oh, your hours were low at work. Okay, no problem. You know, if a third party is managing that, they're not going to put up with these excuses. Oh, you're late. Okay, you're paying the late fee. Oh, I'm going to give you, you you haven't paid it as of three weeks into the month. I'm going to give you a three-day notice. I'm going to have to evict you. You know, where sometimes I found that owners a lot of times will say, oh, well, you know, he's such a nice guy. You know, I don't want to kick him out. But remember, you worked hard for that money to invest in that property. You deserve to be paid. So if they're not going to pay you, you know, of course we all, you know, I call it strength and grace. You know, you want to have strength and grace at the same time. But if there's a third party in between you two, it just comes down to dollars and cents. So sometimes that management fee you pay could be the best money you've ever spent because you're just paying eight to 10% of what they collect. It's a tremendous deal.
1: And there might be incidences of true hardship where you want to give the person a break. Break, but better you sit back and the management company comes to you and presents the situation rather than it become a monthly endeavor.
0: That's, you know, that's a good point. You know, me as an owner of properties, you know, I've always done it a little bit different than a lot of people. You know, I show up at a property that I own whether I need to make an inspection or take photos of it. Maybe I'm going to sell it. You know, when I show up at a property, you know, if I never say that I'm the owner. So if the tenant comes to me, oh, you know, I could really use a new screen door. You know, if they know you're the owner, what are you going to say? You would just have to, you know, you could say no, and then you may have a conflict with that tenant. Me, I always like to say, let me ask my boss. You know, (laughs) even though I'm the owner of the property, a lot of times I'll just say, well, I got to talk to the boss. You know, I can't make decisions like that. And then I can come back if we're in the middle of, of December. You know, it really doesn't make sense to put a new screen door on in the middle of December. So I'll say, hey, I talked to the boss. It's not a problem. Once Spring comes once the weather breaks, or you know, when summer comes, we're gonna do all our screen doors together. We'd be happy to put one on for you, but this way, you know, now you collect another four or five months of rent, you make sure they're a good tenant. Because a lot of times, right when a tenant moves in, they make nickel and dime you, meaning complain about little things here and there. And you know what? I want tenants to prove themselves before I'm gonna go above and beyond to do extras, you know. Because what happens is I remodel the places very nicely, I have my crews go in, I do every Everything that needs to be done. If it's a middle of the road or lower end rental property, you gotta know that. You gotta know that they're not renting, you know, a place in Beverly Hills. Now, if it's a high end rental, of course, you know, you're gonna have little extras that you're gonna have to do to get that great rental income. But if it's a middle of the road place or a little bit cheaper place, I always want the tenant to prove themselves, pay me some rent before I'm gonna go above and beyond just giving you a, a decent place to live. Because I know my places are better than what's out there. There, better than my competition. I rent them slightly less, but as soon as you start doing all these little frivolous things to a property, they're going to smell that weakness and they're going to want to take advantage of that.
1: Yeah. And of course, you're not going to get any return for those little frivolous things. It's just a profit that you're just pouring down the drain.
0: That's right. You got to remember that this is about dollars and cents. So if you go into the property, and I always found, because in the beginning, I'd always say I was the owner. And I always noticed right away, as soon as I went. in and said I was the owner. Now they have 10 more items that need to be done to the property because they know they have the owner right there. But if you walk in, you say, well, yeah, you know, I'm just here to take the pictures. You know, I never lie. I just say, I got to talk to my boss, you know, let that be your wife or your best friend or whoever you want to talk to about it. But at the same time, you know, if you start doing this and you start having success, you got to remember every extra dollar you spend is one less dollar that you make. So if you're in this business, you're here to make money and you want to give a a quality place to live. I'm not saying be a slumlord. I'm just saying there has to be a limit to what you're willing to do to a property. You know, if you have a perfectly operational ceiling fan, the light works, the fan works, but you know, it's not a stainless steel one or a, a very great looking one. The <laughs> but it's completely functional. You know, you need to make a calculated decision. Is it really necessary to replace that ceiling fan that's 100% operational? Doesn't matter if it's a little bit dated, right? Because owning rental properties is about being functional. It's not about making everything look super pretty because you've got to know a lot of tenants aren't going to respect the property the way you would. So remember that when you're remodeling a place and you have a property manager who's involved, it's not that you want to be a slumlord, but you just want to make sure every dollar you spend on a property is good bang for the buck for your property
1: it's all about balancing of interests wanting happy tenants but at what cost?
0: Correct. Yeah. I mean, if you just want to make tenants happy, right? You know, you got to know a lot of these people are professional tenants. So if they could see that they can get, and I'm not saying this is everybody, but tenants in general who have rented for the last say 20, 30 years, they've had different landlords, you know, and, and the landlords that were more firm, We're only talked business. You know, don't make it personal. Don't, you know, don't be overly friendly to your tenants, but at the same time, be compassionate and make sure they understand that if they don't pay you, that they will be removed from that property. You'll file the eviction. You'll serve them the three day notice. Not you personally, but the management company will, the landlord will. And, you know, for the most part, if tenants pay me, I don't really show up and do, you know, just random inspections. There's no need. I mean, if they're paying on time and the property manager is doing their inspection and they're perfectly happy with the unit and I'm getting my check each month, you know, you're not going to you don't want to impose on tenants at the same time too. you know, inspect it too many times. Keep knocking on their door. Keep bothering them. You know, I have a rule with all my tenants. I'll give you 24 hours notice minimum before I ever come to the property. And I'm only gonna make inspections if it's absolutely necessary. I'm not just gonna show up for fun and intrude on their personal space because you want your tenants to feel like it's their home, like it's their property. But, you know, places like we're just talking about today on this episode is the places I just got in Buffalo. So remember, you know, if I paid less than $20,000 for a property, all in and I'm getting $850 a month, you want to treat it as so, meaning you're not going to put stainless steel appliances, granite countertops, you know, high-end flooring. You know, No, you're going to use the cheaper carpet. Why? Because they're going to soil it. You know, when that tenant moves out, likely you're going to have to replace it. So do you want to spend $2,000 to put carpeting in a place or $500 to put carpeting in a place? You know, there's a big difference. If once you get into this, that's why what I'm teaching you guys is what I've learned for the last 12 years, hundreds of tenants. It's, it's not just, What I think works, I'm only showing you what has absolutely worked for me.
1: And if it works for Mike, it will work for you as well. Mike, people are going to want to send you emails, going to want to check out your website. How do they do that?
0: Yeah, if you want to ask me questions, you want to ask me anything, just, and I'll I'll address it on these podcasts. You know, I'll take these questions, I'll make them into an episode. You can email me. It's mike at teachmemike.com. Send me an email, send your questions. I love answering investors' questions. If you want to start with my training, go through some of my free training videos and learn exactly what I'm doing. You know, this knowledge is completely transferable. I love investors that are looking to learn this process. If you want to learn this process, you want to learn how to get started, go to teachmemike.com. It's all right there for you. You can get started today. Get
1: started now. Go to teachmemike.com.